0: xin chào mừng các bạn đến với podcast is nơi tụi mình Melanio và Genzi đang sinh sống và làm việc tại Mỹ chia sẻ quan điểm trải nghiệm và suy nghĩ về cuộc sống is trong tiếng Anh thường được dùng để miêu tả trạng thái băn khoăn không rõ ràng
1: podcast của tụi mình hy vọng sẽ cùng các bạn tìm hiểu về những băn khoăn này và nhìn nhận cuộc sống với những góc nhìn khác nhau mình là Phương và mình là Nguyên let's keep ishing through life together xin chào các bạn đến với podcast is podcast hôm nay sẽ khá đặc biệt so với podcast bọn mình làm hôm trước uh, hôm nay bọn mình muốn thử nghiệm podcast bằng tiếng Anh và đề cập đến một vấn đề mà bọn mình cũng khá là muốn đề cập từ lâu rồi đó là vấn đề về phụ nữ. Uh, bọn mình muốn nói lên những cái suy nghĩ của bọn mình về uh, phụ nữ Việt Nam ở cả Việt Nam và Mỹ và những vấn đề xã hội đang xảy ra với phụ nữ hiện tại. Um, so I, I guess we're gonna start to speak in English for this podcast um, to actually reach out to more audience um, since we are in the US. Uh, and that would that would help us um, being able to uh, deliver our messages uh, wider in the U.S. to our audience as well. So we're going to try with that today. Uh, with that, we have a special guest um, today. Her name is Fung, and she's been our friends for um, for a long time now. Fung and Wing's friends. Um, so welcome Fung to our podcast. And would you like to introduce yourself a little bit to our audience? Hi, everyone. My name is Fulton,
2: born and raised in Saigon. I am currently based in Dallas, Texas. Um, I work at a creative agency as an art director and designer, um, where I mainly support the target store experience marketing and other branding and campaign projects. On a personal note, outside of work, I am an illustrator and I create work that highlights women, um, work cultures and brings awareness to different social issues. I am super excited to be here and participate in this conversation with y'all.
1: Okay, thank you, Phong. um Let's dive in. So um, one, one thing that we want to touch on first is um, being a Vietnamese woman, grow up in Vietnam, uh, the three of us here from different generation, millennials and Gen Z, um, we want to kind of uh, reflect back on all the perspective that we had, how we were uh, brought up back in Vietnam, um, if there's a differences in in that perspective between different generations or not. So Nguyen, do you want to tell us what is your perspective about that? How were you when you were brought up back in Vietnam as a woman? Okay. Um,
0: I think the most memorable thing that I could think of right now was that my parents or my family um, they they were very supportive of things that I wanted to do but for the most part in the mind of my family um, a girl doesn't have to study real hard, the, a girl doesn't have to really try hard to get a, like a higher standard in society. Um, the only thing that she could do for herself is to find a good husband. And that was my mindset. Well, not my mindset, but how I was taught um, growing up. And I think it didn't push me as hard. And everything that I do, it was just like, oh, I only need to do enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And enough is just enough. I don't need to really try it really hard to get anywhere. Because um, my ultimate goal is not going to be like a president or try to be a successful person. I mean, it's too a degree it was kind of like a good strategy or I mean kind of good mindset to have because you don't really have to be very competitive you don't really you don't get very stressful growing up because your parents had too much expectation on you Mm -hmm. Uh, but I realized it didn't push me to the point that I actually wanted myself to be Back in the day,
1: do you have any brother or sister? I have
0: one sister,
1: younger sister.
0: Younger sister, yeah.
1: Is, was that the same approach that your parents took for your sister as well?
0: Uh, yeah, they it actually the same, and she was told the same thing. But I think with me being the older sibling in the house, um, I had that advantage of trying things out.
1: Mm.
0: like they believed that I could do anything they believed in my decision so everything that I learned about my role as a human being or a person in society came from my friends and like mine um, everyone else that I met within my circle mm-hmm. it was not actually came from my house and that was like a contradictory thing that I had gone through to really figure out who I am and what I need to do in life. But I don't know if that is like a standard thing, or if um, you guys experienced a totally different perspective?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I do have a lot of, I do share a lot of the same experience with you. Um, being, I was born in 92, millennial, um, even even when I went to the U.S. and I got my first job here, and um, I was trying to find a way to keep moving up in the company, <laughs> and my mom would tell me that, oh, you don't have to work so hard. Um, you 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 a woman just just try to to work um, as moderately as you can, and then spend mm-hmm. the rest of your time so that you can have a lot of time to spend with your family. So definitely in in their mind. Um, being a woman, a very important part of your life is to spend your time with your family and spend a lot of your effort with your family. I do think that they do care about more than just me being a family woman, though, because if if they don't, then why do they send me to the U.S. to study? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a lot of money. You might as well just keep me home and teach me how to cook and make flowers (laughs) and all that. So they do, I think they do actually care about me growing more than just a family woman and actually have a career and knowledge and exposure to the world and all that. So I do thank them for that, but it's just where they are from, the generation that they are from, they, they cannot divorce from the fact that woman has to spend at least half of their life, half of their time for their family. I think to a certain degree, when, when, you, when I grow up, they expect me to step back in my career and um, and actually spend more time with my family Mm. and um, one special thing is I mean I think you guys probably know that too for Vietnamese family they want the especially the the girl to actually find a family as soon as possible right if you start getting old <laughs> and i have a boyfriend or something they, they would get worried so that was my situation too
0: mm-hmm. yeah i think that was like um expectation for you growing up like you only need to grow up so well that you find a good husband mm-hmm. and have a good family yeah so it's not about you trying hard to get like really good job like high reputation it's only for you to get a good husband and settle down
2: Mm. How about you? It's very interesting to hear these um, perspectives because growing up, my mom is complete, completely different. So um, she always tell me that I need to go to school, do my best to climb the social ladder, um, be ambitious, um, make as much money as you can and go travel, see the world, don't settle, don't marry <laughs> unless you really want to. Um, I always told her that, mom... I will not get married until I'm 30 or something because I, I honestly don't want to settle. And um, and I think that idea kind of enforced on me since I was little since she really want me to be independent instead of having a family to rely on. Mm-hmm. But she does emphasize the importance of, you know, having family around to support you. So she would push me to connect with other family members um, besides from my immediate family members because she knows I'm going to be independent for a long time. So she's like... Go find family and um, find a support system, but don't forget to you know be independent and um, do your own thing, kind of thing. Mm. so yeah, I was raised to be a little different from
1: that perspective yeah, it's kind of interesting I and mean, I think like there are other cultures as well, like my friend who's from colombia her her family was actually a matriarchy type of family, so where the woman actually is the lead of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, And she has always been brought up to always lead, take care of the family, be independent, Mm -hmm. uh, career-oriented. So I guess it depends on on the cultures Mm -hmm. as well, how women would be brought up.
0: I think that was a good transition as well for us to really talk about how we encountered women roles when we started to come to the u.s because all three of us are international students we came here at one point after we actually spend like pretty much a third of our lives in vietnam growing up in that perspective but what would you guys say that has been the most enlightening learning Mm. from all these years that you've been in u.s
1: regarding like women roles I think to me, when I first came to the US, um, I still carried a lot of the, um, I guess, old possession of what woman's role should be and men's role should be. Mm -hmm. So when I first had my relationship with a boyfriend here during college... Um, I follow that uh, mode uh, where women are supposed to like cook, clean, and because he's actually from a very traditional family too, so he's doing all of the heavy lifting of the relationship, like uh, fix this, fix that, know about the car, fix the car, do things um, like you know, handy things in, in in the house, in the family, in the, in the relationship, not family. Um, and to the point that I didn't even bother to learn anything about it, even though I'm I'm here in the U.S. Uh, by myself, without my family, I didn't learn anything about it because I have a man who do those things for me. And we broke up and I realized how little I know about all the how I don't know how to fix my car, when do I change my oil in the car, how to replace a tire, when something is broken in the house, I don't know how to fix it, I don't know how to use tools and and i was by myself and that's when i realized um to 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 have to survive by myself i need to be independent to know to learn how to do all these things and and it's it's not i mean it's I don't know if it's, it's not sustainable to rely on gender roles and not knowing how to do things and relying on other people all the time because that will make you stay in the relationship just because you need to feel like you need another person to depend on, not because you're actually in love with them. Because because a lot of the time it's, I, I felt like I was afraid to get out of the relationship because I feel like I cannot survive on my own. Mm-hmm. But when, the, when, when we had to break up, I realized that was a good decision and I pushed myself to always try in every scenario in the future to be as independent as I can. Learn to do everything um, in a relationship, learn to do everything uh, on my own and not relying on a man or a guy to do things for me. So I think the independence, the, the, the need to be independent in a strange country really push myself to break the the stereotype of gender roles and start learning to do a lot of things on my own. So, what what are you guys' thought on you know, how living in the, the U.S. changed your mindset about women's roles?
2: I found it very inspiring that a lot of women um, can tackle both their professional life and their family life. Some women are very good at that. I'm just like, how do you like take on both roles and be successful at both roles Um, but I also find it very surprising that I have encountered many um, families where the traditional roles are still being enforced so when I first came to US I have the expectation that all women are independent they have their own successful career Um, so I guess I was leaning towards the liberal side of things but Mm -hmm. I wasn't expecting like oh the old thinking still exist and so when I um, encountered those kind of scenarios, I, I, I guess I was caught um, off guard. I was like, oh, so, cause we're in Texas. Mm-hmm. I feel like those kind of thinking still exist. Um, sometimes I forget about it, but I do find a lot you know, I do have, I have seen mm-hmm. um, women successful in both roles, which is very cool to see.
0: But... Yeah. I feel like it related with both of you guys in terms of, like, the relationship perspective. Um, that was absolutely, like, my thinking growing up, like I told you guys. Um, like, you have to be a, the family person. You have to know how to take care of the house. You need you need to know how to take care of your family. And then I realized, like, I, I always had that mindset of needing to know things on my own because I need to know what my cars and my house and things, if it broke, then I need to know how to fix it. But in terms of cooking, cleaning, or even taking care of someone, it's just like you always play the more nurturing role within the relationship. And you don't, like, I didn't seek for that same aspect from my um, boyfriend or my significant one. Because I think it was supposed to be my role, not the other person. So that was absolutely something that I learned from stepping out of the relationship especially here in America, seeing other people seeing different roles that are being portrayed on social media. But the one thing I found a little bit more enlightening to me was on how I should react and really be more mindful about feminism or women's role, or even like general as a whole within a society, because I remember There was one time I was on a train going to an interview. Some guys like randomly approached me and was trying to talk to me. And it was very dangerous, especially here in the US, because you don't want that, like, you don't want to be kidnapped. You don't want (laughs) bad things to happen, right? But I didn't know how to respond to that. I didn't know, like, I was trying to go along and try to push him away. But at the same time, I didn't know well enough for me to really, like, Bro, you need to go Mm -hmm. like you can't just approach me and try to ask for my personal information like that and then when I talked I actually talked about that to a guy friend and my friend asked me what do you wear (laughs) and at that point (laughs) I know at that point it didn't struck me at all because I was like I wore like very professional just like suits and skirts because I'm I'm going to interview And I didn't react to that question at all. But if that person asked me the same question now, I was like, what
2: the... I'll be pissed. (laughs) Yeah. I'll be like, how does that play a role in how that... Like, it shouldn't impact the whole... uh, Like, the whole approach thing. Like, I don't care about what I wear. If you approach me, it should be in a way that is polite um, Mm -hmm. and give me some boundaries, right? So if a guy approached me, there should be, like, a tactic behind it. It shouldn't Mm -hmm. be like, oh... He just walked up to me and be like, can I have your number? I mean, it's, I guess in media, it's portrayed like, oh, it's just a normal thing to occur. Mm -hmm. But some people forget that women, we are 99% of the time afraid of strangers because we don't know
1: what they're going to do to us. Mm -hmm. So... It's just so easy to put the blame on women. Mm-hmm. It's just bringing out the problem that it's always women's fault, right? Yeah. We, yeah. we are expected to dress nice, to mm-hmm. look appropriate, but also not too nice to actually <laughs> <laughs> attract others. And yeah, it's just the double standard that we have to live up to. Yeah, that was mind-blowing.
0: But I guess over time, I kind of learned... Mhm. And I need to know better.
1: I mean, I think to me, um being in America, I feel like the, the problems about women's rights, women's equality actually got brought up more. I I think it's changed right now in Vietnam as well, but when I was uh, in Vietnam before, it, it's never been uh there's not a lot limelight about a highlight about women's rights and women's equality. Mm-hmm. Um so the fact that we just talk about it more here actually was inspiring enough for me to yeah, to feel more empowered. Yeah. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a good thing, especially
0: in the US and I think that is also one of the reasons why why people wanted to come here, study, and being exposed. Because this society is supposed to be the one that leading all the conversation, the social issues. Like they shed that light over the world and let other people to actually see what's going on. Mm-hmm. But to a certain extent, some people just still have that old mindset that we need to address.
1: How would you guys feel um, about women roles at work? Do you um, do you see women are being treated equally here in the U.S. at work? Or are there any difficulties or challenges that you observe in your daily work? Life. I think,
0: to my personal experience, there has not been like a really crazy encounter that I found absurd about how women is treated or women are treated at work. But there are certainly a greater boundaries for us or for myself to cross in order to get heard or even be considered good at work because for men or especially white men they have that privilege of first knowing the language knowing the culture I work in advertising so it's all about culture it's all about society it's all about media right so having that privilege to be like very confident in yourself going in a room and just trying to talk it out loud then I think that's just much easier for them um, to get their idea across the room. But for me as a a woman, I had that, I feel like it would be a limit, but at the same time, I, I found it's harder for me to try to prove myself to a crowd. Like you have to be very loud. You have to be very confident. For you to really show and be heard mm-hmm. um, but I feel like if it was just like a, a room full of men it would be very hard for us to get our opinions across it's just it's too subtle for us to really address it in a room but at the same time you can certainly see it happening time to time
1: yeah that reminds me of like a conversation that I just had with my a VP at work recently, so she gathered like a few women at work in a conference room. Uh, she traveled from Chicago to Dallas for that, and she told us that she just recently had a meeting with the CEO of a company, and that was her first meeting with the CEO, and she was expecting things to be very technical. Um, the conversation would be about the profit of the division and all that, but he actually uh, asked her about how do the women in her organization feel about their voice, because in a recent survey done by the corporate and the company, uh, more women feel like they, their voice not being heard in the company uh, compared to men. And uh, interestingly enough, she did say that uh, she didn't feel like her voice not being heard, and she was wondering how we feel um, as a working woman in, in her organization. And when we went around the room, not a lot of people said anything. They were like, oh, we we feel like it's fine. Everything is good. We feel like anytime we speak, it seems like it's being heard. And I don't know if we are so oblivious to the subtle things that we don't realize that there are biases that are happening. So when it came to me, I brought up a lot of different um, observations that I saw at work. Like if, if I say something... And if a man that are being louder than me say it again, it will be heard easily if the, the men say things. Or there's a tendency uh, for women to be cut off in meetings uh, than men. And the reaction of the VP was like, oh, I don't feel like that's a problem. As long as you are strong, you a, a strong woman, you, you you can get your voice a, um, ahead and, and you will be able to move up in the company. And I was, I was like, how do you define strong? I, I think that's exactly what the problem is. Because you have to be strong to be loud, that's why women are not being heard, uh, feel like they're being heard, because naturally they are not as loud as men, just mm-hmm. because of their upbringing as well. So why do you have to be loud and vocal mm-hmm. to actually be heard in the room? The room? You, I think we need to normalize um, allowing space um, for the non loud people in the room to actually speak up because they actually have a lot to offer as well. Mm-hmm. So, just because they are not confident and loud doesn't mean that you don't um, give them a chance to actually speak up. Re- seek out to it, normalize it, and, and, and yeah, and and I think they will feel that, like they're being heard and actually take the proactive role in actually speaking up more. So, no, yeah. I think
0: your role and your level of seniority inside the company does matter in mm-hmm. how much you can see correct yeah. the world because I feel like like for me, my team we're a girl dominant team, so pretty much like ninety percent of the team are mm-hmm. female, so it's very easy for us to express ourselves within our own group, right, but then I can imagine myself being in a room full of men at an exact level, trying to go on an idea or trying to change the whole way that the company is doing it would be easily suppressed because the men would be like oh this is how we have been doing this is how it has been set up why do we need to change if it if it regards a bigger matter of how a company should structure not just like within your own team or how you do things on your own then definitely bring a lot more challenging upon women to try to be that person or like the voice of reason mm.
1: yeah I feel like women have to I mean I I find myself doing that too trying to act like men and be strong and more vocal to actually be heard in the company and and I I just feel like that shouldn't be the case but women have to try to act like men to be heard right mm. so mm-hmm. and then there's, it's interesting that there are a lot of older women that actually get to their position right now because they acted like men and strong and vocal and they feel like for the younger generation to get there they have to be the same they have to also act like that if you don't act like that you're not qualifying mm-hmm. to get to where they are so it's, it's putting more pressure on the younger woman, younger woman. And, but I, I, I do think that women have more to bring to the workplace than men in some to some extent, because they actually more—I don't know if you know or not—but um, there was a study that says that women can put big pictures together faster than men do, and they actually uh, because of their compassion, they're able to persuade people to do things more than men do. Mm-hmm. So I think don't think of your emotion or your compassion as a weakness as well. Um, there are some biological differences between men and women, but those biological differences that women have can also be an advantage or strength mm-hmm. to you at work. So don't feel pressured to try to be like men. Instead, what, use what you have to your strength and your advantage um, can also be something you can yeah, do at work also. How about you? So I work
2: um, at a medium size. Um, creative agency and it is a woman-owned and minority-owned agency so mm-hmm. most of the people that I work with are women um, they're not vocal or like super loud um, they're I would say they're you know just women doing the best at their job and they're working on big accounts um people respect them so like all men in the workplace respect them and I really appreciate you know everyone's um, kind of like respecting other people opinion and when a person is not being loud, like not saying much in the conversation they will um, actively reach out mm-hmm. and ask them what is your opinion on this matter and um, I think that kind of workplace I really appreciate that kind of workplace um, mm-hmm. and luckily it's my first Job too, so it's very interesting to hear you know your perspective at a corporate America kind of company. Mm. Sure, interesting. You yeah. uh,
0: know, that's a good comparison for us and for anyone who's listening right now. Because, like, what will be the right way to form your own company? What will be the right way to even form your own team? Because I do experience a female boss and a male boss mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. over the times I've been at a company, and they're just. It's not like either one of them has a really bad way of management or leadership, mm-hmm. but it's just their own very different ways, and I think that is just something that we need to keep in mind as well. It's just that female and male has so different ways of approaching things, mm-hmm. maybe not because of our like biological or natural self, but at the same time how we was brought up, the history of our own kind of like learning and growing. And that's just something that we always need to be mindful about
1: in the work. Yeah, and I think like for women in the corporate environment where usually you have to be loud to actually get your point across, I get. Guess, guess don't be discouraged by that. There are different ways to get your point across. Mm-hmm. If you cannot say that in the meeting because people are cutting you off, you can always, unfortunately, if that does happen, you can always try to get your point across afterwards in a mm-hmm. more one-on-one context and um will send an email out to your boss or your coworkers to get your point across don't be discouraged um yeah by that and, and 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 just hold your thought for yourself because yeah your thought deserves to be listened
0: so since we're on that work topic do you guys think that your salary is lower than what your male colleague would have got paid?
1: I think it's just the fact that we talking about about salary is a taboo. People don't know how Mm. much other people are making most of the time in the same company Mm -hmm. to even compare and know. And it's just a secret and you shouldn't ask. It's rude to ask about people's salary. I think that there are websites now that trying to bring that forward that you can actually... It's, it's anonymous if you post in it, but you know the salary of other people in the company.
2: Or even like in New York, they really like, they're very transparent about the salary, like how much is the company compensating employee, um, even on the job board. So Like whenever an employer posts a job on the job board, they have to include the salary in it. Mm. So everything is
1: super transparent in New York but isn't the range usually very wide, though? Or oh, they actually have they a have specific another, number? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so there's no range. Mm. Um,
0: I came across that same interview that I had recently. One, like, I had three recently, but only one of them, only one agency actually brought up that salary, and she said it pretty much fixed. And then everything else you get would be your benefit. Like, it's not just, like, base salary, but also, like, what you get as benefit. Some company would have, like, stock options, and all of that it would combine into your compensation right mm-hmm. but at least they brought forward that that salary
2: mm. wait is it in the job board or is it during conversation during, during, oh, during conversation as a phone interview that's it. Mm-hmm.
0: and then the rest of them were just how much do you want to compensate for like how much do you think you you are looking for that's a common question for job salary but I feel like for women, it's just harder for us because we usually underplay ourselves and we usually
1: feel like we're asking for too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so then it's just hard for us to really know how much we are worth and then how much we are worth compared to other people. But I think it, compared to other people should not matter. But how much you think that you you are worth. Mm-hmm. And some said that men is more like men are more confident and they are. More likely to voice themselves and talk about themselves much higher than they think, mm-hmm. um, so get yeah, a higher pay. But women usually do the opposite.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I talked to one executive lady one time, and she was like, "If if if it's the same job posting, it has ten requirements. The woman meet eight of them, and men meet one of them. Men would apply, and women would not apply mm-hmm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. they feel like they." the more pressure for them to actually meet up with the expectations and they're not enough. So I think it's just confidence. Um, for me, I salary wise, I, I think my company is not underpaying women. I think you have to look out for yourself. And if you start being proactively and ask people around you how much they are being paid, um, and ask for it, um, they, they will be able to reward you with what you're worth, worth for. But they won't just naturally seek out and do that. And that's mm-hmm. part of the problem too. The company always trying to lowball you. If you don't ask for it, they won't give it to you. So you have to know what you're worth and actually demand it. And I think it will work for men and women too, but like what you're saying, women tend to demand less and men tend to demand more. Yes, so do your research and be assertive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Uh, As you guys can tell, we are very passionate about this topic. So let's tune in to the next episode with us and listen to the rest of the conversation. Thank you. Goodbye.